0: okay so this is the first episode of layman's terms and i have no idea what i'm doing so bear with us i'm here with uh yeah it's okay it's all right to not know what you're doing Mm -hmm. uh i'm here with my guest alex silverman uh agreed to talk to me today so let's uh let's get into it so alex uh tell me a little bit about yourself
1: um yeah hi i'm alex excited to be fumbling through this with you (laughs) um I don't know, I'm already blanking. I am a, I guess now a second year master's student. I've just completed my first year here at FIT. Very nice. I am a industrial organizational psychology um, major. So basically, Psychology of the Workplace. Okay. Um, I found it towards the end of my undergrad. It wasn't really anything I had heard of before. I was majoring in psych after majoring in chemistry Mm -hmm. and failing at that miserably. And (laughs) I was like, what am I going to do with my career and my degree? Like, I'm already halfway through undergrad and I have nothing yet. And so I landed on psych because it was my minor and flew with it. And my mom brought me to this field and she was like, hey, I've been reading about IO psychology have you heard of it and I was like not really but it sounds interesting and I googled it a bunch and I just at that point I was trying also to figure out what I wanted to do in general and had decided to take a gap year off and so I went and I did organizational psych research in Israel wow and that was I'd love to say it was like one of the best times of my life and looking back I savor the memories but I was Mm. also like Deep in depression and probably shouldn't have left my support network. So there was a lot of growing that came from it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But the research was great. The research was awesome. And I decided that I wanted to get more of it. So I applied here. It was the only school I got into. Didn't (laughs) apply to many, though. Um, But it was. (laughs) So it was destiny. And I came here really... When I was introduced to my cohort, I felt very unknowledgeable in the field compared to everybody else. But... It's turned out to be okay, um, but yeah, that's why I'm here.
0: That's awesome, and a lot of interesting things you just said that we're gonna get into <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little. Because as done. soon as you announced your major, I was immediately like, "What is what? it? What? So yeah, yeah. So within that, uh, also just a little bit more. If well, if you can provide a little bit more about uh, what you saw from your research that really motivated you to do this? And also, what is your motivation in this field? Like, what is the goal for your career? Are you just in it to help people? Uh, Do you like kind of that organizational mindset and just want to explore and research a little bit more about that because I see a lot of stuff too, um, about psychology and, you know, uh, organizational behavior. And that's one of the classes offered here at Florida tech. Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a lot of interesting concepts, but the research sometimes feels a little bit distant. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So the first thing I learned coming here was that psychology as a field, but mostly industrial organizational psychology, at least from what I've been told and have learned, um, there's a very large, it's called a science practitioner gap. So the research and the research that we're doing has a very large gap to the applied nature of it and how we're using it in the field and in organizations. And so basically, our goal is to bridge that gap and take our research and actually give it more application. And so that's what we're trying to do. Uh, with the field but um, I'm blanking on your question again
0: oh god Um, (laughs) I'm blanking too (laughs) okay no so I
1: got into this field and I was motivated by this field I brought it back okay thank you Um, I was motivated to like do things in this field Um, first through my organizational psych research in Israel because She was, her name is Dr. Ronit Kark. She's at Bar-Ilan University. Um, She was doing a lot of gender organizational psych Mm. research and looking at the differences there, um, a lot of um, identity work as well. And so it was really interesting to see all of the different takes you could take um, in this specific field alone. I think a lot of people think of psychology as this very broad, not too focused thing that if you just get A regular degree like a bachelor's degree and you can't really do much and it's sort of true Um, Mm. but there are also so many different industries that you can bring it into and I think industrial organizational psychology specifically opens that door tremendously I could take this into medical fields I can take it into entertainment fields I can take it into educational fields you know there are always going to be organizations with teams that need help in some way um, for better functioning
0: Okay, so you would basically function as a consultant to kind of work on their chemistry and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, so that's an option. I can be like with my own practice or on my own, and I can be consulted out to different organizations for whatever um, needs they may have, whether it's like hiring and firing or it's um, developing a specific team for a specific project, the, the things that we do are endless. Um, I specifically, before learning too much about the field, automatically wanted to make mental health like a resource, like you get dental or health insurance. I want that to be more accessible in any organization for any employee.
0: Absolutely. And it's kind of baffling that it isn't because so many people put you know, this emphasis on employees and, you know, they're our greatest asset, but you're not willing to... Are you to, treating them like that? Yeah. Are you treating them like that? Are you sitting them down and actually asking, how are you doing? Right. Uh, so that's very interesting and an awesome, awesome goal. And so I just want to go back to your research in Israel. Mm-hmm. So can you just take me through your time there and your different experiences and and also just what it was like uh, just kind of living in that culture and, and meeting new people and stuff like that? Because I am as sheltered as it can get. I am a tortoise of a human being. Uh-huh. Uh, I grew up in a small town and it's it's been great to get out, even just in Melbourne. I know that's not you know, a long <laughs> shot, not too diverse down here, but yeah. uh, just give me a little bit.
1: So I grew up in Boca Raton, Florida. I am also okay. as sheltered. Boca
0: girl. As, right. Yeah,
1: you know what that means. <laughs> um, for any of you that don't know, we are sheltered people. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we... It's, a, it's not a small community, but it definitely was sheltered from a lot of adversity, you know, mm-hmm. in surrounding Florida and in the country. Um, so I really, my first opportunity to leave there was University of Miami. That's where I went to undergrad. And so my small pool... Grew, um, but when I went to Israel, it was really a culture shock. I I went to a Jewish day school growing up, so I like mm-hmm. learned Hebrew, and we have this thing in Israel called ulpan. When you're like moving to the to the state, there're free classes to learn how to speak Hebrew.
0: Oh wow!
1: It's really cool. Um, And so we also got provided that when we went because it was through Israel that I got this internship. Mm -hmm. It's called Masa Israel Journeys. Um, And so I was learning my Hebrew again, and I felt confident. But then you go out and you try to speak it, and everybody responds to you in English because they can tell that you're not going to understand much anyway. When they started
0: just popping off at you.
1: Right. So it's sort of um, isolating in a way. Mm -hmm. And then... I've never really been too great with roommates, but you know, I figured I'm moving here. We're going to have a great time. I got roomed with five other women wow. who had no respect for each other's spaces and who all went out during the day while I worked from home. And so they hmm. left the apartment a mess while I was working there. So it was just the environment that I had to be in wasn't the best. But the research was amazing. So there were positives and negatives. And I would go out into Tel Aviv and try to sit at a cafe and do my work. And that was really nice. You know, I don't have too many opportunities to do that here anymore. I think it was very different to be able to just go out and like Mm -hmm. look at the city while I do my work. Um, Who's to say I can't do that in the future? But it was different. And so that culture shock made me realize just how much I needed my network here. And it made me realize that... um, Moving away wasn't going to solve my problems Mm -hmm. because I really thought that if I went to Israel and I had these experiences, it would like awaken me to changes that I would need to make. And it would just like make my life better because I had this amazing experience and it just brought light to the to the issues that I had
0: Mm -hmm. I got you And, and you're talking about your network so what exactly were you going through at that point when you made the decision to go to Israel
1: yeah so I took a year off because although I had decided on IO psych I really still wasn't sure if like I could even do grad school like was I putting myself under too much pressure for something that I didn't even truly know I wanted um So I, after college, decided to make this decision. And although I was taking a gap year for issues with my mental health and for me personally, I decided let's move across the world for six months. It doesn't seem like a logical decision in the end Um, because I separated myself from my family and my friends. And Mm. even though you can call them, it's I don't know how many hours difference now, but yeah it's a lot to handle and to have those issues with the people you live with on top of not having those that you're close to who know like what you're going through and what your little mannerisms mean. It was, it was hard.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I I definitely get that. And I think, um, I mean, obviously, that's a that's a huge step just moving overseas for six months. But I feel like everybody experiences it, you know, a little bit when they go out to college Mm -hmm. You're you're not around the people that you're just have been so comfortable with. And uh, I feel like that's why a lot of people choose to, you know, stay home and just go to the, the state school that they're closest to or just go where their friends are going, which sometimes is also not the best decision because those friend groups can be very toxic. And, uh, I've experienced it and I've seen, you know, people fall victim to that and it hasn't been good for their mental health at all. So, uh, when we talk about support groups and really working on your mental health and not running from your problems, what would be kind of the best course of action to really, because if, The whole thing I think is realizing that you don't feel like yourself and you wanna get back to a state of comfort where you feel like you can exist easily. So what is, I guess, the first step in that course of action to getting back on the right track to living a happy and healthy life.
1: Sure, I mean, I don't know how many years it was that I struggled back and forth trying to go through therapy and then once I felt better I just left and then once my life was in shambles again I went back to my therapist and that's not how you solve any problems, you know. You need to, I think for me it was opening my eyes to the fact that this might be lifelong or this might be occurring for a while and I might start feeling normal in my depression or my mental health issues or whatever they may be, my anxiety. And I was starting to feel like it was normal throughout college. It just started getting elevated and elevated to a point where I didn't realize it until I'd gone through four years of college and a year after that came back from Israel I was like, wow, I, I have an issue that I need to take care of for myself and for my health. I think... The important thing is to not put pressure on changing. Like you will get to where you need to be when you put the work in steadily. It's not going to mm-hmm. happen overnight when you finally feel better. That's the one day you feel better. But the next day, may be 10 times worse. You never know how it may progress. And so you need to make the changes for yourself um, in order to fully feel better for days on end. I think for me it was listening to the people around me. They were able to see the changes and they told me about the changes for so long and I was just like, yeah, I'm changing. I'm growing up. Like this is who I'm developing into and that wasn't the case. It was me falling into my depression more. Mm-hmm. It's important to if you have those support systems, try to listen to them. It's you're never going to fully agree if you truly disagree, but maybe one day that voice will just make you realize in yourself that there is something wrong.
0: okay yeah. and going back to the support network so within that not everybody has a honest and authentic support network right. And so where do we draw the line where? Can we go for help if we feel like that it's a toxic support network, air quotes on that one, Mm -hmm. um, that we need to get away from and we don't know where to go and you just feel like you're kind of all alone in this and other people just treat you like you're sick and you're an outcast and, you know, you're the problem. But what if they're the problem?
1: Right. It's... You're so enveloped in this situation now and the people that are around you that you don't even see, like, the, the light, like, through it. I think it's really, if you're starting to realize that that is your situation, it's important to start pulling away from those people. And if those people are your family, then maybe it's, it might be hard, but maybe you need to sit down and talk with them and say, I know that I'm going through something. And if you're not going to see it the way I do or be the support that I truly need, I need to go find that somewhere else. There are tons of different online services and there are tons of different. If you're a student, your campus probably has some resources, mm-hmm. whether we think that organizations have all of the resources are not for mental health. Some of them do provide counselors and they provide um mental health organizations that they do work in, in tandem with. And so maybe it's something that you haven't thought of that may be the solution out. Um, I'd say also just maybe trying to find someone new could work. So mm-hmm. it's hard because I know that when I was depressed, I didn't want to leave the house and try anything new. But yeah. it, it happened that the few times I did go out and try to do something new, I met that one person that at that time was the voice of reason and really helped me out. So don't be afraid, even if you're feeling like nothing can change, to make that one change that may open up your world.
0: Mm -hmm. And so we keep talking about this uh, and, and the support networks and how it relates to depression. And I feel like part of depression is not feeling a sense of identity to anything. You just feel completely disassociated and just... Oh, my God. I almost went off with Katy Perry. (laughs) That's okay. That's where um, your mind went. Yeah. So, I mean, would you encourage people to kind of seek identity and seek a community and seek a network that's going to help them be a better person? And, you know, people that have similar interests, likes, dislikes, and just a, a different i guess lease on life than your own
1: for sure i think if you have found the people that you think may be able to help you out in any way whether that be finding your identity or just getting back to who you were i know that a lot of my issues were not even really knowing who i really was you know i was still growing up i'm almost 25 now and it still feels like i have a lot of growing to do and a lot of creating my own identity to do um but that's everyone's journey and if you've found people who you think can help you in that or even just show you support and love without truly understanding it not everybody needs to know exactly what you're going through in order to help you they just Mm -hmm. need to be willing to be there for you
0: Mm um lost my train of thought Oh, God.
1: Oh, God.
0: We're already falling apart. That's okay. We, you might want to edit this. And <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Um, all right. We'll just go to the next question. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So what is the best advice you've ever heard in regards to – this is a two-parter, so get ready. Okay. Strap in. Okay. Uh, in regards to your mental health and then also in regards to your career and professional aspirations.
1: Sure. For myself, um, this is something my therapist has now been telling me for a year, and it's that I need to acknowledge when I need to be proud of myself and be proud of myself. I have made so many changes over the last year for for my personal well being, and it wasn't until like this last month that I actually said out loud, like, I've done well, like I am really proud of the place that I'm in in my life, and. I could think it a million times over in my head, but like to say it out loud to someone felt really good. So if you mm. can have that one person that you can share with and be like, yo, I did this for myself and I'm really proud of it. and Or I realized this about myself today and I know I need to make a change and I've realized it and it feels good. It's really good to acknowledge when you're proud and happy for yourself, it's healthy. And I, I think I've gone most of my life without really acknowledging when I'm proud of myself.
0: Jeez, you yeah. just you just hit me in the neck with that one it was a
1: tough one for me to swallow myself like realizing that I didn't appreciate myself truly like I could have you know thought it from time to time but like yo I did a, a cool cool thing but I never said it out loud and like really expressed it to people and that's important
0: I think it really is and that's I mean going a little personal here but something that I need to work on as well because mm-hmm. I just you know finished up my MBA this last weekend are you proud and... of yourself At first, no. I was like, dude, I feel like you cruised through this while you were working. I mean, it was long, long hours and you worked really hard. But, you know, coming out of college, you know, without like a serious uh, career offer. I mean, obviously, I've been here and there and talking to a bunch of different people Mm -hmm. uh, trying to make a move. But it just did not feel validating. And even when my family was like, oh, we're so proud of you. You worked so hard. You know, you deserve all the success that's coming to you. I have never really felt successful in what I've been doing, no matter what people are telling me, uh, and I guess part of that is my fault, and I really need to take an introspective look and be like, well, why don't you feel like that? You put all this work in, all this blood, sweat, and tears, Yeah. and you've definitely grown, but you're still kind of angry at yourself in a way. Yeah. So. More on that later it's
1: a journey it's a journey it's been a year and it's still going you know i've admitted to you that i've been able to do it but will i be able to do it again who knows maybe i'll do something amazing and cower away because i felt like i didn't put as much effort into it as i should have you know there are always going to be those times where you question what you're doing and if it's enough and to have the confidence in yourself to be like I am doing it. Like, I got this degree. I'm going for this job. Like, no matter if it takes me two years, three months, like, however long it takes, like, this is my journey. I'm going to do it my way. And even if from time to time I don't feel like I'm doing it to the best of my ability, I know that I really am.
0: Mm -hmm. And bouncing off of that, Some advice that I've heard, because I've reached out to different people and, you know, my support network, mm-hmm. you know, family, friends, people I grew up with, uh, family. Uh, and uh, one of the ones that made me laugh, but partially was like kind of inspiring, was like, uh, live your life like you're the main character of a movie. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to have your ups and downs, your trials and tribulations, but you know the main character is going to be okay then. Yeah. But then I try to do that sometimes and I'm like, wait is my life going to be a comedy or a tragedy cuz shakespeare says that there's only two kinds of stories or know, something like that. Yeah. So I'm like, well, darn.
1: Why can't it be both? I think when they told you to picture yourself like you're in a movie, I think they meant make yourself the star of your own life,
0: not mm-hmm.
1: necessarily make your whole life a movie.
0: So, but is that detrimental to an extent? Does is that Going to exemplify selfish behavior if you're like I'm the star. This is my show. You guys are just supporting actors.
1: Well, there's also humility, right? There's a balance. So okay. you could be really proud and confident and make your life what you want it to be, which I think is in the end what they're trying to say to you. Okay. Or you could be pompous and be like, "Yo, this is my life. You're just the little actors at the side, and you're gonna do what I want." And that's not gonna be um, the nicest way about it, but.
0: No, again, You're going to get what
1: you want one way or another. <laughs> but I definitely think what they meant was make your life what you want it to be and make sure you're the star of it.
0: Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Just be passionate about what makes you happy. And if you're pursuing that, uh, you know, there's yeah. going to be a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow.
1: Exactly, yeah. It doesn't need to to involve
0: being uh, rude of to
1: the other actors in your story.
0: Yeah, because I've definitely seen that happen. Dudes at the club are just like, well, watch some movie, bro.
1: <laughs>
0: check me out.
1: We'll look at them in five years when they're mm. still doing the same thing.
0: Find them in a gutter. No, mm. I'm kidding. They're good people.
1: <laughs> yeah, we don't I know them.
0: Don't. Maybe I should check you up on
1: You can't judge them. people. Yeah, exactly. That'd be a nice thing.
0: Okay. So... Also, I kind of want to go back to your time in Israel because that's very interesting. Can you go a little bit more in depth about the research that you did and how it's going to impact kind of the psychology community?
1: I don't know if my particular research is going to make much of an impact. I was sort of like the lab rat or the mm-hmm. research, like bottom of the totem pole. I did a lot of literature review and editing. Um, I was the one from America out of my Israeli and Greek and I think Italian, like team that she was working with. So I did a lot of like grammar checking as well. Um, a lot of the groundwork. I think Dr. Clark is going to make a um, like great progress in the field of gender and organization i think she's truly passionate about it um my one skepticism would be that we are in a state of many what's the word i don't want to say cancel culture because that's not Consequence what i'm looking culture. for culture i've Consequence heard that culture. okay yeah i just think It's really hard for any of the research that we do to make an impact because of that gap that I mentioned earlier between the science and the practice. Mm -hmm. I think it takes the right audience to be like, you are correct in your findings about how this organizational behavior affects gender in different ways. Or you're right about how women over men um, have this particular aspect about them in this particular community, you know. It's, it's a difficult thing to say, this research is going to make an impact, because you truly don't know until you're able to apply it. And that's the difficulty in the field right now.
0: Gotcha. Because especially in your field, it seems like these companies need to be like, oh, valid point. They need to Let's be Let's try it out. Yeah. And a lot of companies are not willing to do that. And some have you know caught a lot of flack. Uh, some justified, some not. But Amazon is the big one that's caught... You know, a lot of attention. I just had
1: a professor go for um, a position at Amazon. She's going to be, I think, <sighs> data analyst. I don't remember the position she got, but it it's something in our field, and it's it's what people in our field aim to do. You know, work for a big industry and try mm-hmm. to make a difference. But you're definitely you're you're right in what you're saying.
0: Okay, so how much do you know about that issue? Because I, like, basically scratched the surface. Not, okay, you're shaking your head So now, okay, right.
1: we'll, <laughs> I'm we'll a newbie in this one. field. Come we'll back to me in a year when I'm done with my master's and moving on to my PhD. Maybe I'll be able to answer you better.
0: <laughs> all right, we're going to have to have you back then. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So kind of breaking off from organizational psychology, because it is Mental Health Awareness Month, uh and that's why i was so excited to have you on because this is like a topic that i i did not talk about for years and years because i came from a small town where it was like if you're having problems like you're sick people are gonna look at you different yeah and it's just not a position i wanted to be in so when it finally came around and i was having a tough time i didn't want to talk to anybody because i was like i'm the problem yeah and there's nothing i can do about it you're just gonna you know get through it and you're gonna be fine yeah um
1: you're so, not alone in that feeling, by the way. Like, tons of people feel that way. And I didn't know that tons of people felt that way until I told people that I felt that way. And they're like, oh, my God. I'm, I've not gone through that situation, but I've felt that way. You know? Alone in your headspace, unable to think that, like, you're willing to be a part of other things because you're the issue. Like, you're your own problem.
0: Mm-hmm. So always the case. to kind of combat that and kind of normalize uh, – mental health and acknowledge that a lot of people have issues, what would you suggest people do Uh, other than what we talked about earlier, you know, expanding your network of support Mm -hmm. and, you know, trying to seek more of an identity and stuff like that? Just small little tips and tricks people can do if they don't necessarily feel like they need help, but they acknowledge that there's, you know, something different.
1: I'd say if you think you can find just the one person that you're willing to even talk for 10 to 15 minutes more openly than you usually do, go for it. That's like conversation is the beginning of everything, of every change, of anything. And it wasn't until I started opening up to my friends a little bit more about what I was going through that I truly became comfortable talking about it. So many people are uncomfortable talking about it because they're most likely going through something of their own and can't figure out a way out themselves. And it isn't until you make it normal practice and behavior to just openly talk about it that that'll change and that people will become more comfortable to just open up about their problems.
0: Yeah, and I think that's very wise because I've always felt better when I've reached out to a close friend and really made known my feelings and kind of expanded that support network, like we were saying. Mm-hmm. And it took, a, it took a lot of courage, but I'm telling you, if if you just really band down the hatches and, and go for it and run at it. It's worth it. Uh, yeah, if they're really your friends, they're gonna let you know and they're gonna be supportive. And that's also a way, I feel like, to kind of uh, filter out the the toxic people in your life. If they're not willing, to talk to you about what you're going through and what you're feeling and they immediately pivot and they're like, well, I'm going through this. This is so much worse than what you're going through. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: They're not your friend. No. They're narcissistic and they only care about themselves.
1: I think that's a two-headed sword. I think in part that's totally true. You know, if you're going to be a true friend, you're going to be there when your friend needs you and not make it all about yourself, but again, everybody goes through everything. And if you two are both going through something extreme at the same time, it may be their mental place to just bring it back to them. Okay. Um, but most of the time, I'd say you're probably more on track with the whole narcissistic, not truly a friend thing. Um, I have, in the past few years, dropped quite a few people mm-hmm. because I've made changes to my life and our beliefs and values and clear motives for friendship in the end differed and it was me figuring out who I was and working on my well-being that made me figure that out that I had to take a step back from certain people in my life and that's healthy you know you don't need an abundance of individuals to be able to say that you have a healthy support system or to say that you have friends and family. You only need that one person or those two people. If you can find them that you identify with and you can open up to and it could be enough.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. You don't don't need a lot of people, just that one. For sure. Okay, so on to the next one. Okay. So basically we, we kind of talked about Your education and uh, coming up through the ranks and and going into this master's program. And so ideally, postdoctorate. is the kind of research you want to do and what kind of impact do you hope to, I guess, accomplish?
1: You know, I've been asked this a lot over the past year and I still don't have a clear idea. I've That's been okay. told that you need to be starting to think about what you want to do with your career. And I'm just like, I still have three years of this at least. Do I really? And, you know, I know that I love teams research and I like figuring out the aspects of a functioning team. That's where my research interests lie now. Um, I just figured out that my thesis topic is going to be on trust and distrust. I'm going to use a professor's data that she already has and hopefully apply that to teams. Um
0: Yeah, that's a very interesting one because I feel like, you know, depending on what team it is, it's easier to establish trust and harder to establish trust. So especially in an organizational environment where you're thrown together with complete strangers, like some people immediately convey trustworthiness just you know mm-hmm. uh, in how they dress, their hand gestures, the way they articulate their thoughts. Um, and then other people come across as very untrustworthy uh, in the antithesis of what I just described before with you know maybe they look a little bit disheveled, they don't really know how to communicate that well mm-hmm. and they just aren't really you know people persons.
1: That's where you judge a book by its cover, though. And sometimes you could be completely correct, but if you throw in an aspect like tenure and you throw in an aspect like team tenure, so how long Mm -hmm. these people have been on a team working together, maybe they've worked together 10 years and all of these people could seem as distrusting as ever, um, but they trust each other because they've worked together for so long and they know each other's work ethic. I think it's very interesting. Teams research in general is very... um, I wouldn't say under-researched, but its findings are very inconclusive um, because teams vary in size and um, function and ability and their purpose. And from organization to organization, you're never gonna find two teams that are the same, just like individuals. Um, so for however long we've been researching individuals, we now need to research teams in order to get the same information. Or we'd hope at least we'd find
0: yeah, fingers crossed
1: the volume that we would have. Um, but it's very interesting to think that even one environmental aspect could throw off the entire dynamic of a team, you know, because it's just multiple people interacting and you don't know what one thing is going to affect the other. Um, I think it is my goal in the end to get back to the question I think we started with. Um, to make teams function better, but mostly for the mental health of the employee. So I would want to, in some way, shape, or form, go into organizations and maybe not be like a clinical therapist because that's not what I'm getting a degree for. I wouldn't mm-hmm. really be qualified, but I'd want to make it so that mental health is more accessible either to a team when they're performing a specific project or to the mass of the employees on like a monthly or weekly basis basis with like a certain program you know whatever method it may be I don't really know that yet I'm hoping to find it over the next three years um I'd want to be doing that
0: yeah I mean that's an absolutely fantastic goal and it's something that needs to be done yeah uh because I mean you can see it starting to trickle down now uh one of the examples that I see and especially in I guess what you could call unfulfilling Careers. I mean, to each their Mm -hmm. own. But one example is uh, the news story that came out recently about how McDonald's is having trouble hiring people. they even paying people 50 bucks just to interview and they still just can't keep people.
1: Well, that's because of the pandemic. And that's because so many people Uh now, well, this is what I love to talk to my parents about. They're really obsessed with it. And so I may be just (laughs) reiterating what they're saying to me, but I have my own views, don't worry. Um, But I have noticed myself that... People are just taking the unemployment benefits because they're still Mm -hmm. very accessible. And why should they go to work when they're still getting that money? Okay. That's
0: another view. That is a part of it. But uh, I read that Biden is going to be rolling that back and you're going to have to start searching for a job if you're going to collect that. I would hope so. Right. We're, we're, We're
1: returning to normalcy slowly. Right. As more and more people hopefully get vaccinated, we'll have less and less excuse to lead abnormal
0: lives (laughs) yeah i mean i don't think it'll ever be completely back to normal not for a
1: long time
0: but i feel like we've also uh you know gotten a a couple good things from the pandemic Mm -hmm. um so actually i'm gonna say this because i'm fully vaccinated yeah me too nobody come at me but if you want (laughs) to come at me i actually have a gmail for anybody who wants to write in and uh kind of talk about uh any problems they have in the show, anything that they want us to talk about more, if you want to come on as a guest, uh something like that. We have an email. It's uh layman's terms21 at gmail.com. Uh no apostrophe or anything. Uh so just any come questions. Complain. Yeah, come complain. <laughs> come at me, bro. Or bro lady. What's the <laughs> I don't know. Don't cancel me. This is the first
1: episode.
0: Um yeah, so anything like that, and also any any corrections or anything, because obviously this is the first episode. We're mm-hmm. just gripping and riffing over mm-hmm. here in the studio. uh So any corrections, just let me know. I'm not perfect. So all right, let's get back on track. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear me ramble. Learning curves. Hmm. <laughs> Big learning curves. I thought no, it was I'm funny. Trevor
1: around. told me he doesn't want to edit. Podcasts before he posts them, it would be easier. And I'm just listening to us. I'm like, I edit that,
0: I edit uh, that,
1: I edit that. Yeah, I, I keep we'll keep see how it turns out. Noises. Me too. Like I keep hitting the table. Like when when I come in here to do my podcast, like I see I'm just like,
0: table noises. Oh wait, let's see if our soundboard works. Hold on.
1: <laughs> Yay! <laughs> now where does that I don't even
0: know what all these are. I think this one's laughing. That's creepy Ah, oh i like that oh is that our closeout music can we use that probably not i'm sure we can so we're gonna get a cease and assist letter
1: tomorrow (laughs) oh my god Uh, okay this is normal people learn how to make a podcast part one
0: true oh
1: oh magicalness
0: just in case somebody casts a spell i don't know i guess those are supposed to be crickets
1: yeah Oh, oh, you made a joke. I like
0: that one. I'm going to start using that. Oh,
1: one. yeah. Probably
0: not now because I don't have any good jokes because I'm not funny, but.
1: Not prepared enough. We'll see. Um, <laughs>
0: we might get there eventually. Maybe. Let's see. What other questions can we talk about?
1: <laughs> Why did you want to make this show?
0: Oh, I guess we can go on that a little bit.
1: Yeah, a little bit. So, first episode.
0: Part of this, the impetus behind creating this show. Was to talk to just normal people about their likes, interests, dislikes, and also kind of their professional journey because mm-hmm. uh, pretty much everybody in my network is, you know, very driven. They want a corporate career and they want to go on to make the big bucks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, I don't know. Just hearing, because there's so much stuff that you can do these days, and it's really hard for young people to kind of just be like, think about your life, pick something, and run at that one thing until you die. Right. That's a big ask. Yeah. For like a eighteen year old kid, because when I was probably seventeen, I was just playing football uh, at my high school, and obviously I had good grades. I had like a not to toot my own horn. <laughs> Uh, but a, a, just like a three eight GPA, uh-huh. and I did not apply to like any colleges. Yeah, and I feel like the only reason I'm at Florida Tech is they just kind of wandered over and were like, hey, this, "This guy's like okay football," and they you know put me on scholarship and uh, stuff like that. So, I mean, and I don't I don't feel like it was a mistake because uh, it's been a great experience over here with everything, even though they literally dissolved the football program so that's a big bummer
1: yeah sounds um, like it
0: uh i could say a lot of stuff but i'm not uh <laughs>
1: did it was it because of covid or for different reasons
0: there were a lot of different reasons that um, i don't feel like we're valid at all but
1: we are an engineering school i owed sykes are having trouble with that too i don't mm. want to crap on our school but we were told that we could talk about anything and i'm gonna
0: oh 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 geez <laughs> ah, 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 ah. <laughs> this, is a, this is a tough one because probably you do the you. okay so basically our football program was canceled because they said that it cost too much money uh-huh. which is you know an acceptable reason uh-huh. but after they canceled the football program they spent a bunch of money they spent a lot of money yeah they totally redid the basketball stadium they redid the floors and everything like that and then built a whole nother, like biomedical engineering building or something mm-hmm. like that yeah and mind you the college of business is not even on campus and that is where most of the athletes I know, it's like go to school the straight, yeah yeah so that's not cool yeah it just felt it's very opportunistic cuz the uh, school has been cutting all kinds of sports. They cut women's golf after they won the championship, the national championship. Clear motive. So, and they cut uh, track and field. They mm-hmm. cut tennis.
1: It's awful.
0: Yeah, it's terrible. And I feel like that was a, a big draw to, you know, they talk about diversity all the time at the school. And Thank it's you. like athletes don't add to diversity. Mm-hmm. So that it just seemed very unfair and out of nowhere, and especially because the team was making so many plans and, like, n- there was no real warning. Mm. And everybody just went in one day and Coach was like, yeah, we're, we're done. That's awful. Yeah, it's terrible. And But, I mean, they did let the kids that were on scholarship stay on scholarship, so you that's hope, yeah. that's sort of redeeming. But there's... There's a lot of upset people, and I'm kind of like you choose to come
1: somewhere and spend your life because you've chosen this community for certain reasons, and to have aspects of that community ripped away from you, it's upsetting.
0: Yeah, very. And I mean, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears went right into that program for a lot of different people. I mean, injuries, uh, just stress, and then it's just Gone. gone. So, we totally got off topic, we did, but yeah. So, this podcast basically. I just want to interview uh, you know, working professionals, subject matter experts, just hear their story from the beginning to where they are now in, in time. So basically getting a look at their decision making from where they were in high school, why they picked their certain major or mm-hmm. uh, discipline in college, what they felt like they could do with that, what they ended up doing with it, how they felt limited the trials and tribulations i know i keep saying that but i, I like it so deal with it um, i like it too of their decisions and any kind of advice or stuff like that that they can offer younger people when they're making this huge life altering yeah. decision and sometimes the best decision is just not to go to college yeah so it's it's very hard to navigate and i just want to you know try to help people navigate that and also I want to get into kind of the more complex topics uh, of just general life. So here at Florida Tech, we mentioned it's an engineering college and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that do very interesting research, but me as a business student uh, is very detached from that community. And I wanna learn more about this stuff, but every time I talk to my engineering friends, They just give me goofy answers and never really want to sit down and talk technical because they don't take me seriously. Right. So this is going to be a platform to kind of put things in layman's terms Mm -hmm. and make it digestible for anyone and everybody who's just curious and wants to learn more about, uh, you know, crazy research that's happening at different universities and uh, just cool stuff that's happening i don't know we still don't know exactly what it's gonna be that's okay like you're my first guest and i feel like this has been great i don't even know how long we've been recording how long i i don't even know where the thing is
1: oh we love this this uh,
0: oh, recording like a, studio that we're in. We're like it. Oh, yeah. We're in a dungeon. <laughs> we're literally underneath one of the residence halls. It
1: took us a lot of time to figure out how to use the equipment as well this first time. Yep.
0: <laughs> we have a computer, a soundboard, a couple mics, and our table is made of plywood.
1: Yes. Lots so. of drawings from from past users.
0: Yeah. I see a boomerang over there I was just going to say,
1: I see the boomerang. I have a Rubik's Cube that's puking.
0: Oh. I have a little <laughs> turtle.
1: And a mermaid. That
0: looks like he has a, an udder. Oh. And then... I saw somebody just write Hagrid. Ah. Uh, that's, that's cool. <laughs>
1: yeah, This we one love says that.
0: The Midnight.
1: This one says wow, this could be That all.
0: Meat. Yeah. <laughs> that's true poetry. Oh
1: my God, yeah. Artist right
0: there. Goodness. We could do a whole segment about the random shit on this table. No,
1: but really, dude, I love this idea because I went into college thinking that I was going to come out a doctor of oncology and do cancer research and treat people, and now I'm in this field and you really don't know what you want at such a young age. It's very different yeah. from when our parents were there, when our professors were at that stage. It's a different society that we live in and there's a lot of pressure for people to get a degree and like do great things, but if you don't know exactly where you want to do that, it could it could be really hard to be pursuing it in a different place.
0: Very true and away from your support network like yeah. we mentioned earlier and all all give a little tidbit, show my little my little soft inside. Uh-huh. Uh, when I first got to school, it was tough for me because yeah. I was like, I don't really know what to expect at all. This is the first time I've lived outside of my hometown. Mm-hmm. Uh, first time I've really been away from my friends and family. Uh, didn't know anybody at school. And pretty much first day, we were already like running laps outside and just getting to it for the football program, getting ready for the fall season. And as soon as my parents left, I just kind of like broke down, took yeah. 15 minutes and just cried in my dorm room. Aww. Thank God uh, my roommate was late. <laughs> yeah. And he didn't show up till later. But once again, as soon as he showed up, I w- I immediately felt better because yeah. we just hit it off. He's the biggest goofball ever. That's great. Chumbo, if you're listening. <laughs> Chumbopulus, love you. <laughs> Hi. Um, yeah, he's a big cutie. That's so, great.
1: Thank you for sharing that. I don't think a lot of people actually acknowledge how hard it is to move away from home for the first time. They want to be like, I'm on my own. I'm going to do great things. I'm going to party it up and have the time of my life. No more parents. Yay. But it could be really hard and a real a real thing to face that you aren't even prepared for,
0: you know? Yeah, very true. And I did not think I was prepared because I... Came to college not really knowing what I wanted to do. And I was like, well, everybody says engineering is super hard. And I already have this huge time commitment. And just all of this was going through my head. Like, did I make the right choice? Am I here for the right reasons? Mm -hmm. Am I going to find a good friend group? Like, are people going to like me? Uh, And it just all came crashing down because I just denied, denied, denied that I was having all of these doubts. And, you know, when it rains it pours. And... I poured it all over my pillow. <laughs> but in the end, it was great because I found the greatest network of people, and I absolutely love each and every one of them to death. And they're the, honestly, they're probably the reason I stayed at, they are the reason I stayed at Florida Tech. Yeah. Um, just great people. And then professors as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's been so kind. I still talk to uh, a lot of them. Shout out Keimer, if you're listening. Bob, love you. Uh, probably not though. He's got better things to do.
1: <laughs> you but never
0: know. Anyway, yeah. So, uh, we also on the podcast want to have questions from anybody uh, who's listening and just you know, like literally ask us anything. Yeah, I don't yeah. care. We just want content and interact. We talk about yeah, for sure. So. I'm definitely going to have Alex back on the podcast. I look
1: forward to it. For sure. I already know so many things that I wish I've said.
0: I can't think of anything because my head's made of cotton candy. But, (laughs) uh, yeah, I'm sure there's going to be something. Uh, So, yeah, any questions that you guys have for Alex, just send it out to the layman's terms or layman's terms 21 at gmail.com. We'll address it next time on the pod and just uh kind of preemptive questions for our next guest uh i'm planning on you know what i'll just announce it on social because i'm still not sure so <laughs> and
1: that's okay
0: it is okay to not know stuff mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's be, how I be comfortable in that
0: because
1: <laughs> it's most likely going to be most days of your life
0: yeah i just gotta tell myself it's okay you're dumb kid
1: that's no that's right. not what i'm
0: saying
1: <laughs> it's okay to not know things
0: no, very true. Because <laughs> nobody can know everything.
1: Exactly. Nobody's then, perfect. Because
0: then you turn into Elon Musk and just look at him. No, I'm kidding. He's... Well, that's... Oh, we're not going anywhere.
1: With a baby you can't even pronounce its name and a girlfriend with alien scars on her back.
0: She is a character... You know, she was a leader for, of a cult for a while. Yeah. If anybody who doesn't know, we're talking about Grimes. Yeah. The the EDM DJ. Oh, Le- love for music, but some of the stuff that comes out of her mouth. I'm just like, are you okay, Grimes?
1: Well, they're perfectly matched because they're both on that other intellectual level that we don't even understand, oh, yes. apparently.
0: Different frequency completely. Yeah, for
1: sure. But they get each other. Yeah, they do. I hope their son gets them.
0: Oh, God. That kid's <laughs> going to be interesting. Well, we'll see. That kid's going to be interesting for yeah. sure. I hope he turns out normal. What if he's just like an accountant? I hope he turns
1: out normal for the fact that he doesn't even have a name. You know, like, my parents named me this. Do I really even believe in anything that they're spewing out?
0: Who knows? He could be like an absolute rebel and be like, y'all are crackpots. My name is Gary now. (laughs)
1: Yeah, right. I
0: work in HR. Uh Uh-huh.
1: Which Which I would would love. love. I think that'd be fantastic. Because that really proves that no matter what influences you have in life and no matter what environment you are born into, you can still make your own life. You can still do what you figure out is your purpose.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because you are your own puppet master. I don't totally believe in the whole freaking life is a simulation thing (laughs) because life's too crazy to be. I don't don't know.
1: What we're saying is good luck to you XA12 something or other.
0: Whatever I'm going to call is. him Gary. Gary. I have a good feeling that Gary is, you know, going to be a rebel. And he's going to say, screw mom and dad. Someday
1: together. maybe Gary will hear this and be like, my name is Gary. Wow, this guy helped me out.
0: Whoa.
1: You never know Jeez. your impact. Jeez. I know. A lot of weight to put on this first episode. Let's impact celebrities' babies.
0: I think we can do that. If we put it out on enough positive vibes, Gary's going to make it. Yeah. All right. I think that is a good time to wrap it up. We yeah. did close to an hour which wow, is uh, where I wanted flew. to go so Alex yeah. thank you for being on the first episode of Layman's Terms
1: it was my pleasure thank yeah. you for having me
0: yeah and I hope you people listening wherever you are uh, planes, trains, automobiles uh, in the gutter I don't know okay. I don't know what you like to do but uh, if you have any questions concerns or uh, death threats come I gave us. you the email and uh, come at me yeah yep all right, we'll see you guys next week, the week after. I don't know what I'm doing, so just bear <laughs> with me. Uh, Bye. <laughs>